Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. Father, we thank you for the giving of your people. We accept it with joy and, and we give it all to you. We ask that the blessing that is seen in the life of the giver and the tither will be evident in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. You can have your seats. You are welcome to church once again. Uh, if you're just joining us or if you're joining us online, we would like to welcome you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. We know that there's a million and one things you could be doing right now with your time, but you chose to be a part of what God is doing here and to be a part of our time in the world together. We ask that you please pay attention. Do not be distracted. When we do online church here, we do church. We don't play church. So get your Bible, your notepad, sit down with your family, concentrate for the next... I don't want to make any promises today, but by 10, by 10.30, by 11.30, we should be out of here. So it won't be too long. I plan to preach for 45 minutes. God helping me, okay? But you're going to be blessed. That's one thing. I always tell them here, if I preach and you sleep, it's your fault. It's not my fault, okay? It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> All right. All right, a few jokes here before we get going. A group of guys I know took a trip to France and decided to attend Mass in a small town, even though none of them understood French. They managed to stand, kneel, and sit when the rest of the congregation did, so that it won't be obvious that they were tourists. Pay attention, okay? They are tourists, they can't speak French, but they just, when people are standing, they'll stand, when everybody sits, they'll sit just to be, all right? So, at one point, the, the priest spoke, and the man sitting next to them stood up. So, they got up too, and the entire congregation broke into laughter. After the service, they went to the priest, who also spoke English, and asked him what was so funny. The priest said, well, I announced that a baby had been born, and I asked for the father to stand up. Okay. <clears throat> That's a serious matter. The, <laughs> the preacher, arriving in a small town to be guest speaker at a local church, wanted to mail a letter to his family back home. He stopped a young boy on a bike and asked him where the post office was. The boy gave him directions, and the preacher thanked him. And then he said, if you come to church this evening, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. And then the young boy said, no, I don't think I'll be there. Why? The preacher asked. You don't even know your way to the post office. How can you show me the way to heaven? I like that boy. Like my first son. All right, let's take our confession this morning. Say every day, every day. and in every way. I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like Jesus. One more time, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Say in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions. In Jesus' name. Father, we approach your word this morning like people that have found a great treasure. We ask for eyes that see and hears that hear, hearts that understand who we are in Jesus, who Jesus Christ is in us. I ask that you anoint me and my lips of clay afresh. Let your word come unhindered and unchecked by any outside force. So that at the end of this message, your people will be edified and your name alone will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with me to Mark chapter number 4. Mark chapter 4. We've been in this series called The Seed, The Sower, and The Soil. And um, this is really Docker's series. She just invited me to preach one message in this series. So I'm going to just chip in my own... Um, 
two cents at this point. So we've read uh, this account from, from, from John and from Luke, I believe. So today we want to read it from the book of Mark and see, you know, what the, what the difference is. All right? There's something in my throat. I promise it's not COVID, okay? Mark chapter number four. All right. Let's start from verse number one. Mark chapter four from verse one. It says, and again... He began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teachings, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as it sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no roots, it withered away. Verse 7, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Verse 8, But other seed fell on good ground. Somebody say good ground. And we spoke about this, you know, last week, uh, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Some 60-fold, some, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So they, they waited until everybody was gone, and they went and asked Jesus what they did not understand. Verse 11, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? That's why it said that this parable is the most important parable Jesus ever told. Jesus himself said it, that if you don't understand this parable, it's unlikely that you'll be able to understand any of the other parables because this parable involves the word of God and the word of God is the most important thing. Verse 14, the sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. So Satan doesn't wait. He comes immediately. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no roots in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns, they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Then verse 20 says, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So the ones that bear fruit are those who hear the word, they accept it, and then they bear fruit. So, this morning I want to talk to you about how to receive the word. It's a very simple and straightforward message. How to receive the word. What is the best way 
to receive the word of God for maximum results. What is the best way that you can, you can like we said, the series is engaging the word for practical results. That's what we want to see. So I want to teach you the three easy ways that you can make sure that you are actually receiving God's word. And this is really going to help you, not just for this season, but all, all, honestly for the rest of your life, this will help you a lot to understand how, how is the best way for you to actually get into receiving the word of God. So let's start here. Point number one, give attention to it. Give attention to it. Number one process in receiving God's word is that you must be paying attention. Proverbs chapter number four from verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, here's what it says. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. That verse 23 is one that we know very well. We quote it a lot. But it's actually together with verse 20, which says, give attention to my words. In other words, there is a connection between giving attention to God's word and keeping your heart with all diligence. The way you'll be able to keep your heart is if you are actually giving attention to God's word. So when it is time for God's word, whether you are in a church setting like this or you are at home watching, you must be able to put away distractions. You must be able to put away distraction. There is no other way around this. You cannot allow yourself to be distracted when it is time for the word of God. When God's word is going on, nothing else is more important. Let me say that again. When you are listening to the word of God or you are reading, you are studying God's word, nothing else is more important. Jesus himself said this. John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said that by himself. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. So if Jesus said, my meat, meat is food, that is survival. There is nothing more important than survival. But Jesus is saying that preaching the word, listening to the word is more important than survival. So nothing is more important. And you, you say, ah, but Pastor Sheo, it's not that deep now. How can you say nothing is more important? Ah, Listen, if you have a problem with that statement, something is already wrong. Uh -huh. Something is already wrong. You, that, the word of God has to be the most important thing when the word of God is being shared. You cannot be distracted. The minute you get distracted, you have lost track of something. And you, you might say, oh, I will go back and listen to it. But you and I know that you will not go back and listen to it. You and I know that the next time is next Sunday when you start looking for your Bible on the way to church, okay? So the time that you are, you are in church and you are sitting down or that you are watching and you are listening, please do your best to pay attention. Take notes when you are listening to the Word of God. Take notes because it helps you to follow the message. It helps you to follow when you are taking notes. And, or when you are reading on your own, it helps you to concentrate. Uh, I remember uh, back in Nigeria, I always tell you this story that I used to attend five services on Sunday. It was because of the way my pastor used to preach. Um, today, he preaches you know, in a nice way that everybody can understand and follow him. Then, if he's preaching and you don't follow the message, if you miss two statements that he makes, you have missed the whole message. Remember when I first introduced my wife to him and said, we should, you should be listening to My wife said, I can't follow this man. Like, there's no, like once you, you get distracted, you are gone. So I used to, what I used to do was, I used to, I had a Blackberry then that had a, type, uh, a keyboard. So I used to type with my phone in church. I will be tweeting, like every statement that he makes that I know that I don't want to miss, I, I tweet it, right? That was my own way of paying attention to the message. And a lot of people used to, you know, follow the tweet. They liked everybody will be retweeting, 
retweeting. They liked it very much, and you know, it was, it was nice. But what it helped me to do was, when I got home, I would now take my iPad. It forced me to go back to the message. So I would go through my, all my tweets, I would copy them one after the other, then create my own notes. So what it helped me to do was it forced me to be, to be able to go back to the message and rethink everything one step after another, one line after the other, and then I will now form my own notes. Every Sunday, that's what I did, because my Sunday was for church. My Sunday, I, did not, my, I didn't have anything that I was doing. Sunday was church day. So I would do that, and that was how I, I helped myself to be able to concentrate on the message, to be able to follow it and go back you know, and recap it. So whatever works for you, whatever way, if you know that your phone is a distraction, don't use your phone. Whatever, if you know that one notification comes up on your phone and your life, you know, <laughs> your life attention span is over, don't use your phone. Write with normal paper and biro, right? Or you find something that works for you. That's all I'm saying. But you have to find a way that you are able to concentrate when the word of God is going on. Give the word first place. It has to be your priority. It has to be your priority. And I want to show you this morning the relationship between paying attention to the word of God and overcoming in life. Let me show you that. Just from the, the same scripture that we've been reading before. This was Jesus' visit to Mary and Martha. It's in, it's in Luke chapter number 10. Okay? Luke chapter 10. This is one of the old, this is the, actually the only place where you find this recorded. Okay? In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Only Luke recorded this visit that Jesus made to Mary and Martha. And we've read it before, so I'll just run through it. But I want to show you something profound here that you may have never seen before. All right? So pay attention. Now it happened as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with much serving, and you can be serving. Even in church, you can be serving and be distracted. When it's time for the message, no matter what you are doing, if you are a greeter, you are a usher, you're whatever you are, your media, when it's time for the message, make sure you are concentrating. Make sure you are not distracted. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. You would have thought that Jesus would say, yeah, 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 serving is, is you know, more important because the church has to run, things have to go on. But he said, and Jesus answered and said to her, matter, 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 matter. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good path, which will not be taken away from her. So this was when Jesus visited them, and this was the conversation that they had. Now, I want to show you what happened Later on, when their brother Lazarus died, I want to show you the difference between how Mary responded to the situation and how Martha responded. You will see something here that is so, so amazing. Let's see it. Jesus and Martha, this is the conversation. John chapter number 11 from verse 20. This was after Lazarus was dead and Jesus showed up at their house. This is the conversation that Jesus had with Martha. Remember, Martha was the one that was distracted. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Nothing wrong with that, because that's exactly what Mary also said. You'll see that in a moment. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. 
do you believe this? Look at what Jesus is saying to Martha. He's asking her, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. Was that the question that he asked her? He said, do you believe that your brother can rise again? Martha said, I believe that you are the Son of God. <laughs> but Jesus had to ask Martha again, do you believe this? Let me show you what the conversation that he had with Mary was. Let's go to verse 32. Verse 32. It's the same day, just moments later, he had this conversation with Mary. Then, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, first thing she did, she fell down at his feet worshipped him, saying to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. The exact same statement. But this time, Mary's response was preceded by worship. So you start to see the difference between the person that pays attention and the person that does not. Now see, verse number 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. I thought Jesus would have also said to Mary that I'm the resurrection and the life. Your brother will rise again on the last day. Anyone that believes in me. All of this sermon that he preached to Martha, why didn't he re-preach it to Mary? Because Mary was always paying attention. And Jesus knew this. Jesus knew that Mary, there's no problem. But Martha, I have to ask her, do you believe this? Because look at what happened next. Jump to verse 38. I hope you are following me here. Jump to verse 38 and see what happened next. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, the one who was distracted, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. This was the same matter that he just talked to now and said, I'm the resurrection and the life. That do you believe? Then Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? In other words, what is your problem? How many times do I have to tell you <laughs> that your brother is going to rise? How many times do I? That's why, listen, we will see the difference between the people who pay attention in church and those who do not. When life happens, we will see the difference. When you are faced with a difficult situation, we will see the difference between the people that have been distracted in church and those who have been paying attention because life will ask you questions. And when life asks you a tough question like roll away the stone, what comes out of your mouth will be dependent on whether you have been listening when Jesus was preaching or you were not listening. So matter, Jesus had to re-preach to matter. The matter people are the people who, when something happens in the midnight, they need Jesus to repeat everything that he has said. So they need to call their pastor to repeat everything that he has preached in church. They will ask him, ah, how do I get out of this? Everything that the pastor has been preaching in church, we have to repreach it to them. And there's nothing wrong with calling your pastor if you have an emergency. Don't get me wrong. Call 911 and call your pastor and let him know so that they can pray with you. But what I'm saying to you is that there are certain things that you must be able to undo on your own. Did you notice that Mary did not say anything when Jesus said, roll away the stone? She didn't say anything because she knew that wherever Jesus is, anything is possible. She said nothing. And sometimes it's always better when you don't know what to say, not to say the wrong thing. If you are in a situation and it looks as if this thing is more than what I can undo, and I don't know what to say here, just keep your mouth shut. It is better than saying the wrong thing. It is better than saying, ah, he has been dead for four days. Re-emphasizing the impossibility that every time God tells you to do something, the only thing you can think of is why it will not work. It's, that's the difference between the people who pay attention and the people who don't. So that's point number one. Give attention to it. Point number two, respond to it. 
So we're talking about how to receive the word of God. Number one, we said give attention to it. Number two, respond to it. What do we mean respond? Matthew chapter number 18. Let's look at this. Matthew chapter 18. And we'll look at it from verse number two. Matthew chapter 18 from verse two. Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean by become as little children? Does he mean all of us have to become children? No, that's not what he's talking about. Verse 4, he says, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So when he says you need to become like children, he's talking about humility of heart, that you have to be humble. Do you notice that when you tell children, no matter how outrageous what you tell them is, you take them to the park and you tell them that that's bunny in the mascot, even though the bunny inside is one hungry college student. You tell them that that's a real bunny. They don't argue with you. They believe what you're telling them. That is the truth. They will find out later when they grow up that that's not a bunny. <laughs> Because they too will become bunny when they get to high school and they need to quickly make money. Uh -huh. But they believe what you're saying. It's the humility of their hearts. They believe you. Do you notice that children don't have a problem with dreams? When you ask children, what do you want to become? Astronauts. Astronauts. They don't have a problem with, with that because in their frame of reference, they don't have the concept of cost. So when they, when, you say, when they say astronauts, they believe that astronauts, becoming an astronaut is as straightforward as getting into the car and going to superstore in their mind. So they have no issue with telling you that I want to be an astronaut. But the minute they mention astronaut, because you know too much, you start processing your mind, ah, astronaut. Just like when, <laughs> when they wanted to register for sports. I registered them for soccer by the veto power that is vested in me by God in heaven. <laughs> what they wanted to do was hockey. They said hockey. And I went to sports check and I checked. I like the name of sports check because you can check the price. So I checked the price of all the hockey. Even the glove was more than the shoe of soccer. Ah. I said, what kind of thing is this? It's not me and you that will do this hockey. <laughs> you are playing what? Soccer. The hockey, you will play it in video games. So I, I bought NHL uh, video game hockey. So whenever they disturb me for hockey, I will put on the game in PS4. Play the hockey here. But in real life, thou shall play soccer. Uh-huh. But because children are just like that, they, are, they can dream. And that's exactly how God wants us to be. That's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be so humble that whatever he tells us, no matter how outrageous it is, we believe it. The other thing about children is that they receive anything you tell them with excitement. Anything you tell children, you say, oh, we are going to, we are going to, today we are going to the park. They are jumping. They are excited. They are running around. They are grabbing their shoe. They are grabbing their jacket. They are excited about it. That's how God wants us to approach his word. When, when the word of God is going on, it's not when to be grumpy. The fact that your face is hard does not mean you are getting blessed. That's not how we know that you are getting blessed. It's not in the hardness of face. And there's nothing wrong with showing excitement when you are listening to the message. It's just that you need to now move that excitement from just you being excitement, excited and saying amen, shouting, preach it, sir, preach it, to how to move it to your heart. And I will show you how to do that this morning. Okay? See, it reminds me of the story that Jeremy always shares. Like, Jeremy is my pastor in Colorado that I always tell you about. He's the one we stole our offering confession from. Uh, he said this story about how they went to a church, himself and his wife, one time. And you know how everybody, as the pastor is preaching, word, 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 preach, sir, good, sir, good word, good word. That's fine. And then all of a sudden, from the back, they heard a lady just started saying, hmm, hmm, that's delicious. That's delicious. Ah. That he turned, <laughs> he turned and looked at his wife. Are they sharing food? 
Uh, but it was the message that she was talking about. That's delicious. So he told his wife that this woman has Bible for this thing. Maybe taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> that that's, the, <laughs> that's the scripture <laughs> for this thing. So the word of God can be delicious, but we have to move it from just being delicious to actually making results, okay, to, for it to enter your heart. And that's what we want to see this morning. How do we get it to enter into your heart? There's nothing wrong with the excitement. You should be excited about the word of God. But it has to become something that actually, you know, gets into your heart. And it's more important for that to happen, okay? So the first step here is that you must accept the word that is being preached. You must accept it. If you look back at that Mark chapter 4, that verse 20 that we read, it says, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Now, let me explain a little bit here what I mean when, I, when, when the Bible says accept it, what this really means. You see, if you are not ready to accept the word of God that you are hearing, you are in the wrong church. Please listen to me. Let me say this very clearly. When, when the pastor is preaching in your church, whether you are here or you are online or whatever church you attend, if your pastor is preaching and in your heart, when, when the, the pastor is preaching, is not the time for checks and balances. That's not the time. That's not the time for you to question everything that they are saying. You will say to me, but Pastor Sheon, the Bible says, the Berean Christians, the Berean Christians, they search to see whether what they were saying. Wait for me, I'm coming to the Berean Christians. I will get there. But here is the point. There is a level of trust that you need to call somebody your pastor. There's a level of trust. If you don't have that level of trust, go and find the church where you have that level of trust. So, for you to sit down and say, I'm coming to this church, you sit down and listen to a message that somebody is preaching. You must have, there is a degree of trust. That level of trust is what is called acceptance. You must be able to accept what they are saying on face value. Then when you get home, and I will show you in the scripture what the Bible says about the Berean Christians. They were not skeptical Christians. That when the pastor is preaching, they will be checking it out. Say, hmm, no, I don't agree. I don't agree. You will not be blessed like that. You can never be blessed that way. It's when they got home that they went and started checking everything just to make sure that everything aligns. But when they are in church, the Bible says they received the word with all readiness. I will show you in a minute here. Received with all readiness. So that's the first step. Please, let me say it one more time. If you are in a church, whether you are here or you are elsewhere, and as the pastor is preaching, there is contempt in your heart for your pastor. You are in the wrong church. Your life will not move, I'm telling you. <laughs> it will be like traffic. Have you ever been in traffic that is roadblock? <laughs> That's how your spiritual life will be. You will never move forward your spiritual. You have to find a place, whether it's in this city or another city, where you can be in a church, your pastor is preaching, and your heart is receptive to the word of God. That's the first step. Then you now go from there to now begin to ask questions. See, the, the, the perfect example of this is, is, a, is a young man that I, rem, I remember at, in our teen's church. I miss him so much. See, he will, when he's in the church, he's the one that you will hear his voice the most when I'm preaching. Good, ah, good word, sir. God bless you, sir. Amen. Wow, wonderful. Awesome. Preach, sir. Preach, sir. But do you know the funny thing? Out of all of them, he's the one that will come back eh, during the week and say, Uncle Sheon, that thing you said, <laughs> that the sower sows the word. Hmm. I saw another scripture that says this, 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 this. How do you, then I will explain to him that this is what I was saying. So the fact that you are excited in church does not mean that you are not paying attention. It's actually the first step. That's the acceptance. That your pastor shows up, you are excited. When your pastor says it's time for God's word, that's not the time for you to say, ah, oh, another 45 minutes. Oh my God. You are in the wrong church, I'm telling you. 
<laughs> if that is your attitude, you are in the wrong place. Go and find your church. <laughs> you go and find your church because you are, you, will not be, you are not helping yourself. So there has to be that level of acceptance. But then, how we will know that you are actually paying attention is that after the, the word has been shared, you will now be like the Berean Christians who will go home and check it out. Then you will have questions. That's how we know that you went and checked it out. Because you cannot tell me that your pastor always preaches a 100% message. It's not, it's not possible. There's no human being. There are things that I will say as I'm preaching that unintentionally to you will sound like, ah, this doesn't really add up. Maybe because I didn't take time to explain a background of something. And I will need to clarify. There's no way that that will not happen. So if you go through your notes, you will actually have questions to ask. And that's how we know. And that's the next point. Point number three. So we've said how to receive the word. The first step is give attention to it. Number two is respond to it. Number three is go back to it. It does not get simpler than this. So get, give attention to it, respond while it is going on, and then go back to it. So now let's look at the Berean Christians. And let's see actually what they did. Okay, Acts chapter number 17 from verse 10. Acts 17 from verse 10. Here's what it says. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. What does it mean by fair-minded? In that they received the word with all readiness. That was the first thing. So the first thing was not these were Christians who were very skeptical. No. They received the word with all readiness. So when they heard that the apostles were coming, they, are, they were excited. They were like, yes, our apostles are coming. This is the word of God. They sat down. They were ready for it. Then he says, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So it was after the readiness that they received the word with that they now went home during the week. The Bible says daily to find out whether these things were so. This is the process. There's no way that you will do this process and you will not see results in your life. I'm telling you, there's no way that you will come to church and put away every distraction, be excited. We've already said that there's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the sower. So what we need to work on is the soil. And this is how you work on the soil. So you write notes on Sunday. It's not the time for you to put your notes away throughout the week and only next Sunday that you will now come back and say, you know, uh, where did we stop? Or, or what did we leave it? And it's when, when the pastor is recapping that you now remember everything that he said. So the Berean Christians revisited their notes. It is at the point where you are revisiting your notes that your brain needs to kick in. Not when you are sitting down in the church and listening to the word. It's when you go back home and you open everything, then you now, you now start to reason it out and say, okay, he said this. Okay, this is, what does accept it mean? You look at your concordance. It's okay, accept means that you, you receive it with joy, you gamble, you leap upon, all of that. Then you write your own notes. That's when you are transferring the word from just being head knowledge. You are now transferring it into your heart. So they received it with readiness in the process of your own study time, your own prayer time. That's when you make the word of God your own. Then you put the word on your lips. Please listen to this because this is the hardest part for Christians. Some Christians don't understand this. They don't know why you need to do this. You need to, the word, when you are in church like this, it's like a buffet that they are serving you food. You need to take that thing and go home and eat it. How you do that is put the word on your lips. Put it on your lips. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 10. Verse 
Romans 10.10. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This scripture is not only good for getting born again. It's saying that with your heart you believe unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation, which means that you can sit down and be hearing the word at at the heart level, you believe what you are, you are hearing. You believe it. You, in, and in your heart, you are telling yourself that, ah, this is good. This can actually work. This is good. But the fact that you heard the word does not mean that you will get results. No. That thing called salvation is going to happen when the word of God gets on your mouth. Because it is with your mouth that you make confessions that lead to salvation. So the salvation that you want to experience in your circumstance will only happen when you are able to move it to your mouth. Are you following what I'm saying? That's when you will experience salvation. So your job is to go home and put the truth that you have heard and put it on your lips. Say it over, all over again. Repeat everything to yourself. Look at the scriptures. Repeat it. And, and this is where you know, things like podcasts and all of these things come in very handy. Very, you need to go back and listen to the message. There's no other way. There's no other way. You cannot be doing one and done. One and done, there's no progress in one and done. I'm telling you. Because even psychologically, it has been revealed that if, if somebody is saying something to you, you cannot remember more than 40% of what I've said. The best of us, no matter how sharp you are, you are a genius. Everything that I've said today, you can't remember more than 40%. And even though I've made it very simple, I've told you three points, right? Easy. Pay attention, respond, go back to it. When you want to repeat that to yourself, you need to think through it. Because it doesn't just readily come in your mind that, you know, no, you have to think through it. So that's the thing. So you need to go back to all of these things and then check it out one after the other and listen because repetition enhances retention. Repetition enhances retention. The word of God is not something that you, 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 you take once and it's all over. No, the word of God is always fresh. It's always fresh. And it's, it's like the word of God is what we're supposed to, you know, that Timothy's tagline is actually the Bible that is supposed to be always fresh. That's what the Bible is. It's always fresh it, because it's an incorruptible seed. That's what it is. It's an incorruptible seed. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter 1, 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Let me close with this illustration and just share this story with you that um, Reverend Keith Moore shared about how God taught him about the incorruptible seed. You see, it's like when you, when you plant a mango tree, for instance, when you plant a mango tree, the mango tree will grow, it will produce mangoes. If you don't take the mangoes away from the mango tree, it spoils, it gets corrupt because the seed is a corruptible seed. So when it produces, it produces a corruptible fruit. But the word of God is an incorruptible seed. What that means is that whatever the word of God produces, if you plant God's word and it grows, whatever fruit that that word produces is an incorruptible fruit because it came from an incorruptible seed. So he said his wife and himself, they, they've been believing God for something and they were, they were praying, they were confessing and believing God that this will happen. They set a date, let's just say December 31st, by 12 midnight, this thing will happen. And they were confessing and they were believing God and confessing. 11.50, they were confessing. 11.59, they were confessing. 12.01, they said, well, we thank God <laughs> for the ability to confess. But this has been uh, an exciting journey. It's all over. So they closed their, their confession and left it there. So he said about maybe two or three years later, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth Hagin explained what I just explained to you about the word of God being an incorruptible seed. Then it occurred to him that, ah, 
in this thing being an incorruptible seed. Then he went and prayed, and while he was praying, God said to him, he said, all the confession you were making with those scriptures, it has produced a fruit. That fruit is an incorruptible fruit. It's still hanging there. So if you go back and you pick up everything you were confessing, the fruit is still there. It cannot spoil. That's what it means for something to be incorruptible. It does not decay. So go back to it. And he said his wife and himself, they picked up their confession. In three months, all the things they were believing was done. So this is what the word of God is. It's not something that you hear once. The word of God is not something we listen to when we feel like. You know, when, how you will, it's not like a, a TV show. It's not a, a Netflix subscription where you are looking for the show that you want to watch. And it's the show that you feel like watching that you will watch. You are, you are a baby Christian. That's not the way you interact with God's word. Listen to me. When you look at, you are looking through the podcast and you see a message and you look at it and you say, I don't, feel, I don't feel really feel like listening to this one. That's the one. That one that your flesh does not want to listen to. That's the one you need at that time. I'm telling you this practically. This is what I know. That that one that your flesh is, is responding to in that way and saying, eh, no. No. It's because your flesh knows that if you hear that one, something is going to be corrected in you. It doesn't want you to approach that. It wants you to go for a few good message. Lifted, lifted. <laughs> or, or something. It's coming. Wait, it's coming. Don't wait. It's coming. <laughs> or something, you know? Exciting. It wants you, that's the one it wants you to go out. So you, you will search everything. Then when you see an exciting title, so yes. But when you say, when you see how to get rid of the, your sinful habits, say no, no. Not today. <laughs> Not today, no. But that's the one you need. So you need, to, you need to understand that this is how we approach God's word. And this is how we get results. So what have we said today? Number one, we've said give attention to the word of God. Give it first place in your life. It has to be priority. Number two, we said respond to it. You need to be like a little child. Little children are humble. They are excited about God's word. And we said number three, you need to go back to it. Be like the Berean Christians who went back and they checked. They are not skeptical Christians, but when they go home, they look through their scriptures. That's the difference between having a pastor and having teachers. You can have teachers online that you watch, but when you watch online, you cannot go and ask the guy online any question because he doesn't know you from Adam. Uh-huh. But you can go and meet your pastor and say, that thing that you said, Alpha, uh-huh. this is what it is. So that's, the, that's the, the important thing. And it's very important that every Christian has that. You have to have that. That's why you cannot be a Christian in isolation. And it's very, very important. This is crucial. So this week... I'm giving you an assignment, and it's a very simple assignment. I need you, every single member of this church, whether you are watching you are here or you are watching online, your assignment this week. In fact, today is the day that you should do the assignment, but I'll give you till Wednesday, okay? Your assignment is go back to all your notes, all the notes, all the messages that we have preached this year, starting with this one. Go back to everything and send me one question, one. Just one question, no. Uh-huh. You can send three, you can send four, but at the minimum, you have to send one question. If you don't do this, you are not a member of this church, I'm telling you. Uh-huh. You are a visitor. You are a visitor. I will, we welcome you. <laughs> but you are, this is your membership 101. <laughs> so go there, look at all your notes. This is how we know that Christians are looking at the notes. There's no way you will look at it and there won't be questions. Uh-huh. But this is where you will get stranded if you have not been taking notes. So you, now you can go to YouTube and watch all the sermons <laughs> and take your notes, all right? And send me at least one question by Wednesday, okay? So if you have my phone number, you can send it to me directly on WhatsApp or whatever it is. But you can use the email address, the church email. That should come up on the screen now. It's info at insightsforbelievers.org. Send your question there. And next Sunday, we will address those questions, okay? Next Sunday, we'll go through all those, you know, every single one of them by the grace of God. And if you don't send any question by Wednesday, Sunday, I will just come and preach another message and assume that we don't have church member. 
we have to believe God for church members. Like everybody we have are just visitors <laughs> in the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish every single person in this truth, deepen it in our consciousness, let it produce tremendous results in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.